Are you injured by someone else's irresponsible behavior? Don't worry. 1-800-HURT-911. Expert car accident lawyers and medical doctors are ready to help you. Call anytime from wherever you are. 1-800-HURT-911. Call any time of the night, any time of the day for a free consultation. Injured in an accident? Call 1-800-HURT-911 to speak directly with an attorney. Continue your medical treatment. Listen to both your doctor and lawyer so you can receive that cash money you deserve. 1-800-HURT-911. That's the number. 1-800-HURT-911. Hi there, Bill Rawlings here with Atlanta Fine Homes, Sotheby's International Realty. Years ago, my path crossed with Caddy and Donna at an anniversary party for some mutual friends of ours that you all may know from TV. Todd and Julie Chrisley of Chrisley Knows Best. A few years later, I had the opportunity to work with Donna professionally when she was in advertising at Atlanta Magazine. My wife, Audra, and I have truly developed a sincere friendship with Caddy and Donna. Good people, salt of the earth, and real. Real people with challenges just like you and I. Issues dealing with children, jobs, and health. I relate to every one of their episodes as they're discussing the same topics that go on at our house. The ironic thing about it, though, is when I'm listening, I want to jump into the conversation just like I would do there when we're out to dinner together as friends. I congratulate both of you on being pillars in our community. Cheers, my friends, and a toast to your continued success on the airwaves. Mornings just weren't the same in Atlanta without you. This couple is simply the best, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to my friends, Caddy and Donna, as they start this episode of Cadillac Jack's Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years until July 2019. Welcome to my second act. My name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. And if you've been following along in the pods, which we hope you have, you've been hearing about my ball saga. (laughs) So just to kind of get everybody up up to speed, I ordered these life-size balloons that you kind of pull up to your neck and you bounce through the yard happily or wherever you are. You, know, you can take them to a field. You could take them to a school. You can take them anywhere, frankly, and just bounce for hours. Okay. And this was supposed to be pandemic fun for the family. And to ensure that the balls always stayed <laughs> properly inflated, I had also sprung for what I call a the foot, a foot pump. I called the pumper, but it's actually the inflator. Okay. Right. okay? Well, Last week, I got a, a text from China, China, saying that the balls had shipped. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I haven't seen them. But we have this um, pod peep who is just a great listener to the podcast, Melissa Cape. And she reached out to me and told me that the Five Below in Athens has my balls, but they don't have a pump. And I checked them out online, and they're similar. I mean, they would definitely be a reasonable, you know, Go to substitution, and they're five dollars. I paid like by the time I had my shipping from China, which I didn't know they were coming from China, but I wondered why the shipping was so high from Wuhan. So we had that. <laughs> so we had the balls, the pump, and the shipping, and I think the total was like thirty nine ninety nine. Then there was the fact that my credit card got compromised on the dark web and all of that, and the balls still haven't shipped. So that's where they're we priceless. Have. They're priceless, but I appreciate Melissa reaching out. And at this point, I may have to drive to Athens to to get these balls at the five below. Let's just let it go. Maybe. I can't. We can though. We can. We can just jump in the backyard. We without may have. The balls. We may have. Well, we have been. 
We may have to continue doing that. All right. Your Core 57 Hype song on the way here today to the App and Media Group App and Podcast Network. So my Core 57 Hype song was from 21 Pilots. It's okay. their new song, Level of Concern, from the album Level of Concern. I am a big 21 Pilots fan. And this song is um, not like their normal kind of moody stuff. It's like really kind of... Um, like upbeat in a weird way, even though the lyrics may not necessarily be that way, but it's got horns and it's just great. And I love 21 Pilots. Um, they are, it's two guys, Tyler Joseph and Josh Dunn. And um, Olivia was a huge 21 Pilots fan. She turned me on to them. As we've discussed before, our kids bring us, and I'm sure your kids, if you're listening, bring you so much music that be open to that kind of music because you will learn like there's so many great bands out there that you would never even know about. Um, and so we went and saw them a couple of times. But one of the best times that we saw them, we saw them in a really small venue at the Tabernacle downtown. And um, you had at the time you're working at Kicks, but because of the combination with um, Q, I guess. That's right. Rob Roberts. Yes. Was the, the operations manager. Loved the Rob. Rob, listen, one of the best in radio. He's now in Austin, Texas, I believe. Yeah, he's great. But he had gotten Olivia and I um, passes to meet them. I forgot Rob had done that. Yes. And which was just life changing for Olivia, which is so interesting because through the years, you and I have gotten backstage passes for so many people. And um, and we've met so many artists and stuff, but it was interesting to see it through Olivia's eyes. And, and, and I always know how important it is when you have kids for them to meet artists or even people who are just so connected to an artist. But for her, I mean, she was like visibly shaking and nervous and the thing about this meet and greet is it was not a standard meet and greet because we were the only two and so we went downstairs at um at the tabernacle before the show started and so olivia went first and then i was coming and so we were just kind of standing in this huge like cavernous room and the record guy came out and he said you know i'm going to bring um tyler and joseph out and you're welcome to take a picture with your camera and you know whatever if you've got something for them to sign or whatever and Livy had gotten a poster and they, she had them sign it but he says to me as they're walking out okay they're coming out right and he says hey one thing like and Livy's walking up to, to meet them they are not comfortable with hugging and i mean i am a hugger like full-on hugger and this is pre-covid so i mean the hugging was happening and i'm just like who doesn't want to hug? Like, who, explain. Like, I could not let that go. I think it's a germ thing well, for, that, for a lot of artists because they, they see so many strangers every yes. night, hundreds sometimes. Well, and uh, what happened was, so I went up and I didn't hug them, but they actually kind of hugged. And we took this kind of weird picture, which I'll, we'll load it into the letter. It looks like Olivia's with one of them and I'm with the other. And mine is definitely not a hugger. And I can't remember who was with who. But it was like hard for me not to hug them. But at the end, we spent some time with the record guy. And I said, I have to ask, like, what's with the no hugging? And he said, um, they have sensory issues. So I can listen. Olivia has some sensory issues. She doesn't like loud noise and that kind of thing. So I can relate. But amazing. They're amazing. And fun fact. Okay, a couple of fun facts. All right. <laughs> uh, aside from this, I saw Carl from The Walking Dead right. at the show and got my picture made with him. And when he turned around, I said, I'll, we'll load that picture too. I said, I don't, I've never watched an episode of The Walking Dead. But Olivia pointed him out to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so cute and everything. And he's not like, again, you know how I think people are cute. He's not like a little person. He's got like a semi-grown person. And he was like, thank you, ma'am. And I was like damn kid i'm not a ma'am you know what i mean but i think that's polite <laughs> very sweet and just like the six degrees of separation mm -hmm. 
Okay. Josh Dunn from 21 mm. Pilots married Debbie Ryan, who used to be on some Disney show. What was that Disney show she was on? I can't remember. Anyway. And so she married Josh Dunn, and she is also in Insatiable on Netflix with Michael Provost, who lives in North Fulton, who is also an actor on the show. He was at their wedding, and we used to carpool Michael Provost to St. Francis when he was a little boy. All right. To put all that together on your whiteboard. How about that? All right. So 21 Pilots goes on the Hype Song playlist. Yes. Where were we? Um, okay. What is your tw- what is your core? Well, I sat in the stands this past weekend and watched a baseball game. Oh, I know. And ate peanuts, and it was a beautiful day. <sighs> and it was a- an actual baseball game. Yeah. Um, it was at the American Legion in Alpharetta, right off of uh, of Wills Road. And Tuck Cowart, who is one of my best friends, and, and Tuck for years, he and I in Dallas were, were part of the morning show at Kicks, and we've had him as a guest on one of the uh, previous podcasts. Um, we have always supported one another personally and professionally, and we support our families and our kids. And, and so I knew – listen, I've missed – Oh. Sitting at the ballpark and watching Olivia play no our, our our sixteen year old daughter, um, and so Tug says to me, "Hey, Jake's playing Sunday at the Legion. Why don't you come out?" I said, "Man, I'd love to." So it was an eleven o'clock game, and again, a beautiful day. And I'm going to add the cheap seats from Alabama. Oh, that's a great song to the Core Fifty Seven hype song playlist. I posted a photo on Instagram, and there were several questions from people saying, "How are you playing ball?" Right. We're not playing ball. Our season's been canceled. Yeah, they're almost jealous. <laughs> and I asked Tug, um, and he said that Jake plays for the Georgia Jackets, and they do, they're do. they not tied to any particular city or any particular park. Right. They practice at the American Legion. They have a deal with the American Legion, which is not controlled by the city. You know, their fields aren't controlled by the city of Alpharetta. And that's the same case with a lot. Most of the teams, if not all the teams that they play, uh, there's a tournament with them going on this weekend. Um, none of the teams are tied directly to Murphy Candler or to um, Wills Park right. in Alpharetta. Or uh, well, it's a true travel team. It is, yeah. And, and so that's how they're able to play. They're able to, you know, they have umpires, they have uh, everything, and it was uh, it was awesome, awesome to watch kids play ball for the first time in well over a year. Well, it just like it makes your life start to feel semi normal again, you know. And this travel team. Uh, the A team was playing the B team Sunday. It's kind of like a scrimmage. Yeah. Again, the tournament's happening this weekend. Um, and it's the first time that they played actual games in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and I said to Tug, are most of the guys on this team, you know, do they go to school with Jake at Alfred High School? Jake's a rising sophomore. Right. And he said, no. He said, the only two from Alfred High School that are on this team are Jake and his friend Ben. Um. And I said, where's everybody else come from? He said, there, there's a family on the team from Macon. Wow. I said, Bibb County. He said, yeah. They travel up for practice during the week, and they travel up for the go or travel to the tournaments, wherever they may be. That means Flowery, they're a good team. Flowery Branch, Cartersville. Yeah. Um, and their practice facility is actually in Milton on Batesville Road. Yes, I passed it. It's, it's actually beautiful. really nice. Now, yeah. Near ball ground. Yeah. So I want to add some uh, classic Alabama. Love that. To the Core 57 Hype Song playlist. Yeah. I was witness to probably the most disconcerting image of a politician in my 46 years of life over the weekend. Mm. And it was when the president addressed the nation from the Rose Garden 
about the unrest and the looters and the rioting. At the time that they announced the press conference, or Trump did via Twitter, uh, said, you know, 630, I'll be speaking from the Rose Garden. At the time, there was a lot of unrest in, in, in D.C., and there yeah. had been the night previous. Yeah. And I thought to myself, there's no way they're going to do this. There's no way he's going to do this, because you're going to be able to hear flashbangs in the background. Helicopters. Because the, the protesters were so close to the, the actual, you know, to the White House. Right. There's no way they're going to let him go out there. And he did. He right. did. And to see that split screen. And listen, I voted for Trump four years ago. I'll vote for Trump again. I support President Trump as our president. But to see that photograph of him speaking in the Rose Garden, and they had a split screen of the unrest in the city of D.C. at the same time. And to see those two images, it was striking. Yeah. Well, I think what happened was you were um, on a more liberal network. <laughs> And you didn't know it because. Well, that was a mistake. Yeah, because. How did that happen? Do we? <laughs> I thought I, 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 think thought I, I had, took 202 out of the, out I, of the direct TV. Yeah, I think I had it on there. But because Fox, I'm sure if you looked back, had full screen. I believe it. I'm telling you. I think that the news outlet we were watching was doing a split screen purposefully. I mean, you know, because it, it's, it's kind of two sides of the coin, you know, two tails of the city. You know, you've got this immense civil unrest going on, and you're right. You've got, you know, a, a president talking from the Rose Garden. I, I was surprised he did not address the nation in a nighttime news, not, not conference, but in prime time. Yeah, I can't imagine. I feel like if we were at war, he would. And I feel like we're at war. We're in a civil war. We are. Um, so that surprised me. But but he also offered up, Donna, he offered up to every state governor and to every uh, major city mayor the opportunity to squash it immediately with the United States military. And so there are in New York, Michigan, California, there are governors who want nothing more than to let Donald Trump fail in the election. And I'm sorry. And, and they're they're willing to let their cities burn to the ground for that. that that's how... Uh, much they despise the president of the United States. Well, you're right. He is offering it up, but he's offering to turn our military on our citizens. I mean, have you ever in your life? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, here's the thing. We, we don't agree. You and I sometimes don't agree on a lot of things and listeners are not going to agree with some of the things that, that we agree with and say, for me, it's just, it's like Mad Max. It's almost like an uh, apocalyptic scene. And I know people keep saying that, and I don't mean that to take away from reality, but it does look like at times when you're watching the news that you're watching coverage from Baghdad or you're watching a movie um, play out in real time. And, and it's just, um, it's just sad. It's just, and there's no easy answers, you know, and as a middle-aged white suburban woman, I can't even begin to understand what other people feel. And I think a lot of people right now are saying, you know, I'm asking my black friends to educate me. I do believe to a certain extent, it's not their job. It's not their job. So, you know, the one thing you and I have talked about is each of us just have to, you know, we're having to have conversations. We, we each have to decide in our families, you know, what, what are you going, what are you looking at? What are you going to change? How are you going to deal with this? Because even if you want to, to turn off your lights 
as they did at the White House. And hang, hang on. Hang on. They, they turn the lights off of the White House every night. Okay. See, that's another storyline that's been created by the liberal media. But I'm just saying, if you Trump's were to in tur- a bunker and they turn the lights out at the White House, they do that every night. Okay, but my point is, I don't mean it literally, maybe, but well, they, but they did literally. Right? People are saying they did li- literally turn the lights off. They, they did. Didn't. They, they didn't. did literally. But you know, here's Whatever. my thing: if you want to kind of turn your lights off and, and pretend like none of this is happening and you're just disgusted by it all, which I also understand, th- that doesn't solve the problem. You know, we, we do have to talk to our kids about what's going on in the world right now. Um, and I said to you the other day, you know, I, I just keep looking at it. Everybody looks at what's going on through the lens of your life. And right now, I'm looking at what's going on in the world through the lens of a mother. I just am. I can't help it. You know, and I, I told you the other day, you know, every night when Will goes to see his friends or do something, first of all, we make sure like, where are you going? What are you doing? But, you know... I don't have to worry. You know, I, I, the things that I've worried about for Will over his lifetime are graduating high school, <laughs> you know, um, not getting someone pregnant, you know, not smoking weed all the time, not drinking and driving, not, you know, and these are this is a very honest conversation. You know, those are the things that as a mother, I've had to worry about. I don't worry about him getting pulled over and pulled out of a car or, you know, questioned when he's in a store, whether he's stealing something or, you know, just walking down a street, you know, and, and I, I just think I'm looking at it through the lens of a mother and that's all I can do right now. And so what I have to do is talk to my kids from, from a mother's perspective and, and look at it that way. And it's just very difficult to see the images out there. I'll also say this, I am there's one thing that I have to say that's driving me just insane with the protesting. And that is, and and I don't mean to come down on all white suburban kids, but I do think there is an element going on right now where some of these kids seem to think that they're like at Coachella or something. You know, it's like Coachella was canceled. Spring break was canceled. So I'm going to go down and participate in, in protesting or perhaps rioting. And looting. And looting. You know, some of the images from when the looting was happening at Phipps Plaza, there were white girls running around with Gucci bags, posting them on social media. You know, this is not um, Music Midtown. This is real life, you know. And I see these girls out there in bikini tops and fringed purses. And, and I'm not trying to be funny here. It's real, realistic. And it makes me sick to my stomach because I want to say, where are your parents? Because if Olivia and Charlotte wanted to go out and peacefully protest, I don't know that right now it would take them to downtown Atlanta. But I saw I, I went to pick Charlotte up at a friend's house last night and I saw a completely civil protest going on in Johns Creek, you know, with people with signs. And they were like, honk, if you believe in equality and justice, I'm honking. Did you honk? Of course. You know, but the the point of it is, is that it's okay for your kids to have opinions different from yours and for them to want to, on some level, maybe participate in, in, in a civil protest. But who are these parents whose kids are going out of the house and heading to downtown Atlanta to participate in looting and protesting? And if you see one of your kids on TV... Shame on you if you don't go down and beat the crap out of them with your purse. Donna, there's a video on TikTok, and it's from Kentucky, and it's from over the weekend. And it's a mother who sees her African-American son 
I, I can't say that he was looting because th- that that wasn't right. in the frame in the video. But he was had He's a mask involved. on. He was involved in some form, whether it was protesting, rioting, whatever. Mama runs into the shot, and whoever is filming this on their phone had no idea. I would imagine that they would have no idea what's getting ready to happen unless they saw Mama pull up. And you you know you're in trouble if you see your Mama pull up with her purse, and she stops real quick. And then throws it in park, and you can just tell from oh, yeah. from her body language, Mama's here and Mama's yeah. coming. She ain't Maybe someone saw that, you know, yeah. th- and decided to roll tape. I don't know the backstory. Mama runs up to her child and starts to beat the crap out of her with her purse, Probably. with her hand. Oh, with her hand. Okay. Well, yeah. Good. For and her. took him by the hood and carried him back to her car. Yeah, I mean, I think as parents, we have some responsibility. You know, the job is not to make what's going on worse by throwing a bunch of kids who have no business being down there. You know, so I, no, that's the only thing I want to say about the whole thing is this ain't Coachella. Okay. I would not take a knee. It just if, in general? Or if right I now? were a law enforcement officer right now. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I, 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 I don't know how law enforcement officers are doing it right now. I don't. Yeah, I said to you the other day, I don't know how they get up every day and you, go to work. You are wanting to take me out, personally. You're wanting to take me down. I'm not here because I want to be here protecting. Even protesters we're seeing now. Right. I, I didn't ask to be here. You made a conscious effort to come down here. Yeah. And to, w- with your only hope being to instill harm on me personally, and you don't know me, it would be impossible for me right now to take a knee if I were a law enforcement officer. Yeah, I think they, they're they in a no-win situation right now. They just are. You know, you and I were watching, excuse me, Channel 46. I think it was Channel 46 live because we were, you know, that's the other thing. It's almost like you're watching an episode of Live PD every night, but it's happening in your city. And so we were watching Channel 46 and we happened to be watching at the exact moment that the two college students um, from Morehouse were one, one from Morehouse one, and one, and from, one Spelman. from Spelman were tased um, by the Atlanta police. And I have to tell you, both of us were just shocked. It, it, it was the most, I, I just couldn't believe it. Looking back, producers that were in master control at CBS 46, again, our local CBS affiliate here in Atlanta, who happened to just be, be on that shot. Be there. Yeah, because they were pulling the car over. There's no way that, that whoever's calling the shots in master control did not want to back out from that shot. And they quickly did. Uh, you know, a lot of these images that we're seeing from the protest, you know, this is this is on the this is happening on the fly. Yeah. And then these are, you know, very small crews that, that are traveling with the, the, the rioters and the protesters. Uh, yeah, it was shocking. And and I think, you know, we've talked in past pods um I was a journalism major. You, you know, you, you were kind of a journalism major and you've been in journalism all your life. And, you know, the journalist right now, I think, again, there's two sides of the coin. We've talked about this. I think there are some journalists who are potentially making it worse. I think most are. Well, I don't think think most are. I think, I think some are, but I also think the photographers photographers are truly telling the story. Yes. I think, you know, when you have, you know, the first thing you see when 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 the rioting is going on or there's running or something, you just see all these cell phones go up because everybody's hoping 
they're going to capture that one image that someone else doesn't want them to see or can be misconstrued. But, you know, and I think that for some of the photographers that you see them walking backwards, and they're kind of, you know, they've got the big cameras and people know they're there. So like you said, they're people are acting out, they're doing more, it's almost like they're shot at fame, the embedded reporters who are in the crowd, you know, we've seen a couple where you wouldn't even know they were reporters, they've got on gas masks, because they're afraid that they're going to get you know, tear gas. And it, but, but I think they're doing such a great job of because it's it is unbiased, you know, a picture that well, what's unbiased? Well, a picture sometimes can be a picture can be, you know, it, it, it's not, there's no narrative attached to it. I mean, some of the, 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 the images that are being taken, there's no narrative to it, you just have to kind of figure out what you feel about that image. There's a guy in Atlanta, his name's Ryan Visions. And um, he is he is taking some amazing shots of what's going on because he is down in the middle of it. Um, So I I do, I mean, I just stand by the fact that journalism just has a role in telling the story. I, 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 there are reporters though that are crossing their fingers to get a Murrow moment. Edward R. Murrow. I agree. Legendary journalist. And the Murrow awards are for journalists, uh, highest honor that you can get like a Pulitzer. And so for that reason, I know that there are reporters from television that are going, they're, they're being extra. They're being extra because they, they're doing whatever they need to do to get that moment, whether it's a fan of the flames with someone else, a, a rioter or a protester or giving them their 15 seconds of fame. I think that the entire media coverage should have been dialed back. Yeah. Because when when you take a live shot of downtown Atlanta and by the third day, fourth day, fifth day for sure, all you have are cameramen from Channel 2 shooting cameramen from Channel 11. And then maybe catching John Spinks, photographer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. At There's just... I, I think that it needs to be dialed back. I yeah. think that it needs to be simplified a little well, bit. And I, hopefully it will be. I want, I want to focus, though. Hang on. I don't, I don't want to move on quite yet. I, you, you started talking about the two kids. Yes. The college students. Uh, Maziah Young is 22. Um, Tania Pilgrim is 20. If you're not from Atlanta, uh, 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 Morehouse is all men and Spellman is women, all women. And they're two of the most um, historic, historically rooted in African, uh, African-American community universities and colleges. I would certainly in the United States. So it was absolutely horrifying to watch yeah. them being tased on live television. The next day, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms and Atlanta PD chief. Her name escapes me for uh, Erica um, Shields. Thank you. They terminated two of the five officers that were involved. There are three that are on desk duty. I learned as we're coming into the studio today that Fulton County D.A. Uh, Paul Howard is. Has, has filed criminal charges. Yeah. Which we knew that was coming. And we also knew that a lawsuit was coming. Yeah. So. They appear, they being uh, Messiah and and Tanaya with their families and their attorneys this week on the campus of Morehouse and hold a press conference. I think that the lawsuit is worthy. I, I do too. But, but 
the question has come up a lot. Why were they down there? Well, they said they were getting something to eat. Donna Choate. Donna Choate. Spellman and Morehouse are five miles from where they were in downtown Atlanta on Saturday night. But it doesn't matter why they were down there. If they came down there to potentially want to peaceful, peacefully protest. But they're saying, no, no, hang on. The, the attorneys are saying they had no idea what was going on. You had no idea what was going on. But it doesn't mean you should be drugged from your car and tasered twice. I, I don't, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, if we, again, if Will makes a wrong turn because he's curious because of everything he's seen on TV and, and, and that's a bad decision. I'm not saying that it's probably not the best decision to be driving your car through the middle of that, especially when you're two African-American kids with, with the intensity that's going on. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't give the green light for the next step to go forward. It just doesn't. And I think that's what we spend too much time on. Every time something happens, it's like, what was the person doing? What led up to this? It doesn't matter. It doesn't excuse bad behavior for the second part of it. We shouldn't be walking around our streets and our cities wondering if we make one bad turn that we're going to end up in the street being tasered. You and I would never think that. You know, if we're going down to see a concert at the Tabernacle, which we've done a million times, if we get on the wrong street, we're not worried about that or someone asking us what we're doing. And that's at the heart of it is everyone needs to stop looking for the the reason. You know, these two kids, I mean, the, the, they were so scared. And to watch it on TV and to hear them talk about it, you know, they were very prepared, prepared, but also humbled in a way. They weren't angry and militant as they were speaking. And I'm sure that they were. But, you know, it again, it's it, it's just a tough time. And I think if we got away from some of the what led up to it and just dealt with what happened and why is it happening? But there you, are, there are certain situations, Donna, and, and not this one, but there, there, there are certain situations. Well, actually we don't know really. We have the body cam footage from the officers. What happened before that? We really, there, there, no one knows. Right. But don't you have to, wouldn't you agree that sometimes in, in situations, what happened prior does matter? If you, if you were, if you murdered someone, if you, I mean, again, but this wasn't that situation. Right. But wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree though, that there are times when what happened prior does, yes, does a, yes, abs- matter a, yes, absolutely. with the end result? Yes, absolutely. I just think that the dialogue of late between the Minneapolis incident and this, the woman who was murdered in Kentucky, that there's no, in order to justify the end, there's this, what did they do before? What were they up to? And it immediately switches from how in the hell are you pulling two kids out and tasering them to well, what did they do? Why were they there? That's all I'm saying. There's absolutely reasons why things happen and what happened before. But I think that I don't want to say the word cover up, but that's what happens sometimes in these situations is the immediate thing is to go back and try to figure out what were they doing wrong? 
you know, and there's plenty of situations where there's criminals. And, and again, I am completely against the looting. It sends me over the edge that, you know, I work with so many restaurants in what I do and that these people have suffered so much from COVID and haven't been able to open. And now you've got people throwing bricks through there. Again, there's, there is no excuse for bad behavior, but there's no excuse for bad behavior. And that, that's the point, whether it's coming from the police or coming from citizens, there's no excuse for bad behavior. And, 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 and I think, unfortunately, right now, the police have to, they're being asked to do an almost impossible task. You know, you, officers, they would tell you they're constantly, it's such a mental game. They're having to think on their feet and do all this. And they're getting things thrown at them. So, you know, their, their reactions, you know, what we don't know, what no one said was, I wonder what those officers had been through before they came on up to that car. Because as opposed to what those kids had been doing, it could have been, what had the officers been involved in? You know, maybe they had just had tear gas thrown at them or a brick thrown at them. And they're, again, they're heightened. So I just, it's such a horrible time right now because everybody is just on edge, just in general. But that's something you never want to see on TV live, let me tell you, for sure. All right. We'll move on and uh, get to some 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 fun stuff here. Some good news. All right. Uh, the world has changed, but your desire to live your healthiest life has not. From temperature checks to extra deep cleaning, your health and safety when you visit Wellstar Health System, health parks and hospitals remains our top priority. Our primary care and specialty medical experts are ready to see you through any health concern you may have. Wellstar Health System, we are here for Georgia, and we are here for you. Wellstar more than healthcare, people care. At Gallery Furniture on Brownsbridge Road in Gainesville, you're going to find something for all of your home needs and all at great prices. Whether you're looking for a dining room table, a king size bed for your master bedroom, or a sofa for your living room, Gallery Furniture, a family owned business in North Georgia for over three decades. Gallery Furniture Gainesville's got you covered with many brands and styles um, and, and, and discounts that are so deep we can't even tell you about them right now. They also offer financing. Browns, Pedro, Gainesville, twin over twin bunk beds for three sixty nine. Three piece table set at eighty eight recliners from two ninety nine. Ask for the Wolfman For so long, we have been trained uh, to look down, right? Uh, since the first of March, mid March, anyway. We're looking down because we don't want to look people in the eye. We're looking down because we're wearing masks. We're looking down at our feet. We're just sort of, well, you're just kind of downtrodden, which is terrible to say, but you are. And you spend so much time just sort of kind of in a, I mean, it's just sort of like Groundhog Day. We talk about it. You know, you don't want to be hopeless, but you're sort of, again, yeah, you're focused a lot down. So for the first time in a long time, on Saturday afternoon, we were able to look up. Yeah, it was amazing. With hope and pride. For our country, when SpaceX launched U.S. astronauts from American soil for the first time in nearly 10 years. And how about the fact that Elon Musk, <laughs> who we were talking about last pod, um, who's kind of a larger than life character, a little nutty, but he did it. He did it. He was the first private company. Uh, SpaceX was his company. And, and Elon is also the developer of Tesla. Um, but it was the first private company to send humans into orbit. And I know you and I talked about it. We weren't together when the, um, when the, the, the launch happened. The I launch was in happened. the car. I was listening to it on the radio. Yeah, I was actually in a nail salon. <laughs> <laughs> 
for the first time in a long time. I just want to tell you, in like three months. Um, but I have PTSD from the Challenger. And, and no kidding aside, I've talked to this about with a lot of people in my age group, or, or frankly, anyone who's watched the channel who watched the Challenger when it exploded. And everyone said the same thing. Um, I remember exactly where I was, I was in the Tate Student Center at UGA. And they had, you know, we had areas like there was a WSB area, there was a, and the areas were based around the um, soap opera that you watched, whether you watched Bold and the Beautiful, I was an all my children person. So um, that's where I was. And they interrupted programming and sent the challenger out and, you know, it, it blew up. And so when this rocket took off, I was literally a nervous wreck. I was like, oh, I was almost praying. I mean, I was praying, but I was just like, please, because America needed this so much, as crazy as it sounds, just to have some feel good moment. And I think for me, it was like, you know, when they said goodbye to their children, there again, I'm just thinking, I cannot imagine. I mean, you're not just going to Tampa. You're going to the moon or the space station, wherever they're going. International space station. I get all that a little confused. I'm not yeah. going to kid you. You know, I just know it's going up in the air, far, far, far away. Somewhere. Yeah. But I thought it was so cool. Like, you know, it was very um, Elon Musky. The the look of the whole thing. It was so modern. The rocket was so modern. You know, you pointed out that there were no... You know, in the old spaceships, they had, you know, the rockets, they had all the buttons and the, you know, dials. Yeah, this was like a Tesla. Well, it was it, just it a flat screen, t- you know, two, flat screens. two different monitors, two yeah. touch screen monitors. And they, you to, know, they, to run an astronaut. They went to the rocket in a Tesla, a white Tesla. And I call them their little costumes. You say they're spacesuits. They're, they're spacesuits. <laughs> but they looked very Star Wars ish, you know, but modern, just a really modern take on it. And I think it was just such a breath of fresh air, you know, because. People disagree on the space program, but, you know, again, to have someone come in, partner with us, a private company, to not have to rely on Russian technology anymore, and to do this, was it was just amazing, you know? And he said, you know, Elon can be very um, full of himself, but he was just completely flattened by this, just so happy. Well, he spent, I think, 19 years. Yeah, and a lot of money. Towards and he was just overcome. This. He said he was overcome with emotion. And the thing that I thought was so great that he said was he promised their, the two astronauts, um, Doug and Bob, he promised their kids that he would get their parents home safely. And so he said, while this was a great success, getting them there, the mission is not complete until they're obviously brought back down to Earth. And so he said, you know, the weight of that is, is not lost on me. And we're not sure when they're going to come back, no. right? Because the, they haven't said when this mission's going to be over. So to say goodbye to your kids and to your spouse, your wife, and not knowing when you're going to see them again, which thinking right now, I guess military spouses go through the same thing all the time. Yeah. Again, just a thought that just popped into my head. But you can't, but you can at least call them. I mean, can you call the space? Like, do we know that? I, I bet you can. Like Verizon They can do a, a Zoom session or something with the kids. Can you imagine if they launched the two of us into space? Like, no. what, if no. we wanted to get B. away from each other, B. B, where would we go? Like, where do you not go? Not together. Well, we're not going anywhere together. If you want to get away from each other. No, I'm saying though, like once you're on, like if Bob and Doug are just like, if Bob's like, Doug's driving me crazy, you know? <laughs> I wish he'd stop talking. Like he walks really heavy in his spacesuit. You know what I mean? Or he snores <laughs> or whatever. Like, how does he get away from him? Where do you go? I don't know. You just go out. And I mean, they had to tee, tee in front of one another on the way up there. They had 
I mean, everybody had, I, I had that question. What happens? Because they were strapped in there for 19 hours on the way to the, to the International Space Station. Oh, I, there's no way I would have made it. I mean, I would have to stop six times on the way to the moon. Okay, or wherever they're you going. you can't stop, Donna, on the way to the moon. To go pee. No, so they had like these... Uh, I guess it's like some, a catheter. When or well, when you're in the hospital, you a know, they, they hand you no, they just hand you the bucket, you know, oh. the little thing with a handle on it. But they're in their spacesuit, so how are they gonna? I guess they have to unzip. That's a lot. Have you ever tried to get out of a wet bathing suit, like at a water park? I've not. No. Yeah, no, I've forget not. it. I and mean, there's no way they can get. Why out of just that curiosity? Why have you gotten out of your bathing suit? Because you have to go to the park? bathroom. Like when you like you're out there with your kids and you've got your and it's all wet mm-hmm. and like places right. it shouldn't be and. <laughs> When we were talking about the Challenger, yeah, and Donna's PTSD, a lot of people have it. You did, do too. I, I, I you said you anything. have a little. I didn't say anything. Okay. It was one of those examples. And we've talked about this before hmm. of the age difference that yeah. we share. Were you in kindergarten? I was in fourth grade, <laughs> and you were at you were on campus at the University of Georgia. You were not in fourth grade. I swear to God, I was in fourth grade because my mother, Grammy, was getting prepared to host Bridge that night, which was a huge deal. That's a big deal. you got all the leftover snacks and M&Ms and the, the next day. Do you remember the mints? Yes. Those buttery mints? Yes. And like the mm. sesame sticks. Yes. And so the next day, you got all the snacks that the ladies didn't eat. And you couldn't when you touch got them before. No. 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 I, our kids would. They'd go through them. My guy would be gone by the time the first Bridge player got there. Yeah, and you couldn't even walk through the room. Like your you mama would follow or heard, you. Your or mama heard. would follow you into the formal living room. Do you remember the living room? That's where my mother had bridge. That was like the velveteen couch. And some people had we didn't, but some people had plastic over the couch that they never took off. We did. And like you could see the um, vacuum marks on the carpet from a year ago. Yeah, or from the last bridge. Yes, hosting. And so you'd walk in there, and your mama would follow you in there. Hide. What are you up to, Donna Kay? What are you doing? Don't touch those mints. The pink and shears were also oh. in that same room. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened with me in the pink and cheers? I don't. Annette tells that story every year. My sister. Oh my gosh. You know, the pink and cheers, if you don't know what we're talking about, they were the special fabric scissors <laughs> that came in the little velveteen bag. And your mama protected them. Like it was you, like yeah. another child. And so the deal was you were never supposed to get out your mama's pink and cheers. <laughs> And my dad would remind us because, you know, your your dad didn't want to have to deal with your mom mad about the pink and shears. Sure. So don't touch mom's pink and shears. Well, I got the pink and shears out and I cut all these articles out of the paper. <laughs> Which you're not supposed to use my paper, right? No, because it, it dulls them. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm flashing back. And so I, I don't even know what I was cutting out. I don't know if it was a school project or I was just mad and cutting stuff. And I blamed it on my sister, Annette. And like she got a spanking from my dad. And you let that happen. And I let it happen. And we talk about it all Donna the time Kay. now. I've apologized to her a million times. I don't know why I did it. And I had the opportunity. Let's just roll this back. Because I had the opportunity to stand up for what was right. And I did not. Now, I will nowadays. Just tell me. I, I will. If you have a cause, I'm here for you. But at that time with the pink and jeers, <laughs> I like rolled her under the bus. Big age difference with us. Yes. When I was born... Donna was going to an eighth grade dance. Okay. In the gymnasium. Yeah. At the elementary school. Mm-hmm. In uh, Smyrna, where'd you go? Wh- which one? To uh, Griffin, Griffin Middle School. There you go. All right. Tracy Kusno and her team of real estate expert advisors can not only get you up to 18% more for your home, they have an entire team of 20 plus professionals that are all 
working for you. Tracy's Real Estate Expert Advisors consistently outsell the competition. Their behind-the-scenes real estate firm is unlike the traditional brokerage firm and is a running machine of systems uh, that includes everybody on your side, including certified negotiators, uh, marketing and graphic design, photographers, videographers, home staging teams, listing and closing coordinating teams. Tracy Cousineau is going to get it done for you. TracyCousineau.com. That's cousin with an E-A-U because you know she's going to sell your home. And uh, reach out to Tracy at 855-MY-EXPERT, too. Uh, when dinner affair comes to the door once a month to deliver our uh, meals, I get so excited. And I rock I, I rock them in my arms, all 15 of the meals, packaged in brown butcher paper in my arms. Like little babies. It's kind of like on TikTok. Ain't nobody going to mess with my baby. Nobody's going to mess with my dinner affair. And I stack them about too high on the counter. And I first decide, what's what are we having tonight? Yeah. Huge decision. Of these 15 new babies, which one do I like the most? Mm. I love that. Well, last night we had, um, was sunflower, was it, what was it? Poppy seed chicken. Poppy seed. I want to say sunflower. Poppy seed chicken. And it was fabulous. And, you know, the girls loved it. We made two quick sides with it. Um, you can order sides now. Sides are back. But we made our own sides. And it's just so nice to know um, that you have something in the freezer that you can pull out and cook at any time. And a lot of people ask us that, you know, do you only eat dinner affair meals? And that's not true. We still do, you know, different things in between. But now our kids don't get as tired of our in-between things because we have dinner affair. Dinneraffare.com, $30 off your first order into the promo code CADDY. That's C-A-D-D-Y. Have you ever tried to be the elusive ninth caller? I think I did with 96 Rock. <laughs> Have you ever attempted to win uh, a trivia contest or maybe you can't be caddy or uh, you went grabbing for one of those 101 keys, one of which was going to start that brand new truck from Carl Black? Yeah. All radio contests. I remember as a child, I was obsessed with radio. I knew at a very, very young age, I wanted to do something in broadcasting. I wanted to do television originally. But in Hickory, North Carolina, where I grew up, about 60 miles outside of Charlotte, there was no TV station. So right. I remember them coming back to me when I was a sophomore in high school saying, listen, kid. We can't get you into TV. We can get you into radio. I was like, I'm in. Sold. So I remember as a very young child, uh, I won the entire Cool in the Gang discography on vinyl. Ladies night. From WBCY, B108 in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's big time. Did you have to go down there to pick it up? Absolutely. It was the biggest deal for this kid. But that's exciting, too, because you may only get into the lobby, but it's like, you see it, and they're playing the music from the radio station. You they have look the call letters. Three different the glass glass windows and offices, but you could you could see the studio at the very end of the hall. And that's why when I, I ever when I saw someone coming to the radio station to pick up a prize or to drop something off or whatever the case may be, I always spoke. I would actually go and sit in the lobby. Oh, you're a good if, egg. If there were if you know if there was thirty minutes or an hour between the time that I had my next meeting or whatever. Right. And, and, you know, I wasn't going home. I would go downstairs to the Rising Roll, maybe get a sweet tea and a cinnamon bun or something and eat that real quick. But then I would go up and sit in the lobby That's and just nice. work on social media and, and get some things done on my smartphone. But when somebody came in, Meg, who, who still is the receptionist, I don't know that they're open still. Uh, they're probably still closed because of COVID at Cumulus and Sandy Springs. But uh, Meg and I would sit there and we would actually play a game. Uh-oh. <laughs> we would play a game of contest winners. What station did they win on? Oh, and gosh. so as soon as they came off the elevator, I would write down what station I thought they won from. Uh-huh. 
And that's the first question Meg would have to ask you. Yeah. You know, because she's. Who'd you did, win your prize from? Right. Because what did you win? Yeah. You know, we were giving away tickets to the Daisy Festival at Stone Mountain. The Rock may be giving away Monster Jam and yeah. uh, uh, Q100 giving else. away uh, Five Sauce or something. Right. So I often was able to nail what station you won your tickets on because there are three different demographics, you know. Yeah. Really. You got Rock, you got Country, and you got Top 40 or Pop or CHR. Right. And uh, it was a fun game to play. I bet. What people don't like to do, though, according to new radio research that dropped this week, is to win radio contests. That's weird. They tested 22. There are 22 main reasons for listening to radio. And contests finish dead last. I wonder if that's because so many people just don't win. You know? Like, they don't feel like that they actually have a shot at it. They kind of feel like they're... And I can see this like in like we've talked about in the new world where people feel like they're kind of getting duped by these contests because they're more national contests and they don't have as much of a chance. You know, I don't know. The main reason for listening to FM radio, according to this research that dropped this week from Jacobs Media, very well respected and liked research company in, in radio. They've been around for years and years, and decades. Uh, the number one reason is it's easiest to listen to in your car. Do you agree with that? I think it's just, it's, um, you know, we've found this with podcasting that it's, um, it's just old habits. You know, I've, I've had so many people say to me, I don't even like listening to the radio, but it's there. You know, I, I just think there's still this, um, this myster- mis- mystery around, you know, podcast and auxiliary media, you know, for a certain generation, again, for younger generation, no, they listen to most of their music on Spotify. They listen to podcasts. They, but older you know, and when I say older, I'm talking like 30 and up. I think it's, you're so ingrained to listen to the radio in the car, you know? The number two reason is it's free. Uh, number three are uh, DJs, hosts, and particular shows. I, I think that's true. Absolutely. That's the, this third at 55%? Yeah, I would think it would even be higher than it's free, to be honest with you, because I, I know both of us are big fans of local radio, you know? That sometimes it was weird when I was making my commute back. That's when I kind of started from downtown. I started listening to podcasts because I don't know why I didn't want to listen to music. I wanted to hear someone talk, which is weird because I had been talking all day and working. But I I do think that people have a connection with local, whatever you want to say, personalities. They used to call them DJs. But, you know, just like you did. I mean, Mr. DJ, you had a relationship with listeners. That's my Jan Jeffrey's voice. Yes. Cadillac Jack, I have to fly back down here one more time. All right. I'll fire you. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, uh, four, five is uh, here. Uh, you feel a connection. Yep. Uh, six is you hear your favorite songs and artists. Then comes uh, just a habit, they say. Um, like to work while listening to the radio. Keeps me company. To be informed about the news, what's going on locally. To be informed in an emergency. Uh, then comes get in a better mood. Enjoy talk shows. Then comes weather. Mm-hmm. I have always said, and especially in the last five years, with weather and traffic, and traffic actually much lower is much lower than weather. If you start your day by needing to hear a forecast on the radio. Yeah. You're old school. Your sure. smartphone, <laughs> apps. Yeah. Alexa, whoever. <laughs> tell me the weather. Yeah. If you think that you have to tune to the you radio. You just open your curtains. And, and try. <laughs> You can, though. And traffic's the same way. 
you know, with DOT message overhead message boards these days and ways. Yeah. Uh, which we use traveling back uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, push alerts from TV stations with traffic. It's just the only reason that weather and traffic are done on the radio anymore is because they're they, they monetize it. They make money off of it because they, yeah. they sell the weather report. Uh, also, towards the bottom, um, discover new artists, which has always been interesting to me that that's near the bottom. Well, we've talked about that. Radio is just not breaking any new music, unfortunately, until it is mass quantity. Bottom three, charitable community events. That's sad. That is 21%. kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, second to the last is sports. Yeah. 17%. Only seventeen percent said the main reason uh, main reason for listening to radio sports. I don't. It'd be interesting to know. I think I could, that's different than a sports station, though. I think like if you're a, if you're a true you think it's like an actual game, exactly. Okay. No, I think if you're a sports fanatic, what I'm what I think that means is on regular AM FM radio that's not a sports talk station, they don't really care about hearing the Brave score from right. last night. And uh, at the very bottom, fourteen percent main reason for uh, listening to uh, radio is to win prizes. I think it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. All right. Let's count you down and get your appy out. Are you ready? I'm ready. One and a two and a one, two, three, four. So this app this week is um, is a browser, which kind of sounds boring. But um, you know how you go to your browser like Safari on your iPhone or whatever um, to pull up anything that you want to look up internet-wise. So this app is called Brave, B-R-A-V-E. And it's basically um, a search engine that is an ad blocker. Um, and it does not track where you're going. And you know how we talk about all the time, like if you, if we're talking about sunglasses, we're convinced that like, <laughs> you know, the world is following us and all these ads pop up. Well, if you download Brave onto, it only works on um, iPhone and iPad. Unfortunately, it doesn't work on other platforms. But um, if you download it and then you want to go in and search for something, it goes immediately to where you need to go. No ads pop up. It works so well. It's free. And so if you're one of those who, and I think especially like on your smartphone, sometimes you just need to find something quickly and you, you're like, that's not what I wanted. And it takes you to an ad sponsored page. And so um, this is a great app. It's called Brave, B-R-A-V-E, again, free. And um, it, it's just a great way to um, search the internet without having ads pop up all the time i do have to say something about a previous appy okay is there another problem there's another problem but here's the thing i'm doing listen people um i'm doing the best i can do okay we talked about this before all right not a professional so don't at me but um here's the thing zagster which is my most beloved appy of all time which if you remember is the bike share program is being shut down it was temporarily suspended because of COVID. And now they've made the decision to come and pick up all the bikes. And I know we have people that listen everywhere and Zaxter is in every market. I don't know if that's the case in every market where we are in Alpharetta. The city is not happy because people really used Zaxter so much to use for bike shares. And they're coming to pick up all their bikes. So I have questions. Number one, what are they doing with all the bikes? Because I'd love to have a Zagster bike. Number two, should we start a bike share program? No. Okay, B. All right. And then, um, I'm sorry about that. You know, I... <laughs> that, that's the third app? No, the app-y it's the second. Second? What was the other one? I can't even remember. I don't Let's know. Let's don't go but back it there. it closed. Let's shut Let's down. Let's don't go back there. Yeah. All right. Sing us out. Um, we just got Appy. Bill Rawlings intro the show today. Bill is a great friend. Um 
I mean, you don't talk about Roll Tide. Oh, my God. Bill Rawlings. I could talk about Bill for days. Is uh, is Roll Tide. You know, here's the thing about Bill. First of all, just so you know what Bill does. He's the Senior VP Managing Broker for Atlanta Fine Homes. Um, and he's a huge Alabama fan. He has a beautiful wife, Audra, and two awesome kiddos. He has a daughter, Layton, and a son, Carter. Um, we met Bill at through the Chrisleys um, at an event that they did in Nashville. And it was a, I think it was a birthday party for, no, it wasn't. It was when, uh, but I think it was two things. I think they were playing at the birthday party anyway. Well, Sarah Evans was there because Todd Chrisley had released and a, Sarah had released a, a song. song, but yeah. I think it was for Julie's birthday, but maybe not. I can't remember. Um, and so we met Bill there, but Bill is one of those people that I am convinced I don't know if you have people in your life that I, I was born to meet. We were born to meet. I had to meet Bill because there is nobody who is more fun than Bill Rawlings. Everybody needs a Bill Rawlings in their life. And not only is he fun, I want to say he is such a supportive friend. He is, he's just the cream of the crop when it comes to that. When you were let go, he was one of the first people to reach out. Um, and wanted to get you out to a Braves game and a Falcons game to have some fun, get your mind off everything that was going on. And he's just a solid person. If you're ever hosting anything or you have an event and you invite Bill, he shows up. He shows up. He's there. And he has raised a ton of money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And um, he is he just cracks me up. It's like we have had some of the funniest times together. I got to tell you one that you'll remember. We went we go to a lot of concerts with Bill and his wife, Audra, and we went to see um, uh, Darius Rucker and Bill and I were convinced that Kenny Chesney was at Darius Rucker. OK, so much so that we insist that you chase this man down. Because we're convinced if it is Kenny Chesney, he's going to know you. And it turns out yep. that not only was it not Kenny Chesney, mm-hmm. it was one of Olivia's old softball coaches. Yep. Yes. Who, I will say, looks a lot like Kenny Chesney and said that he gets like accosted at many country concerts. But did y'all really think for any amount of time that Kenny Chesney would just be roaming around Verizon we Amphitheater? At a Darius Rucker concert? Well, we were so excited because we, we were convinced Darius would bring him up on stage to then like sing Wagon Wheel with him or something. We were just so excited and probably overserved. And then there was the second time where at the Zach Brown concert where there was a guy. Oh, my gosh. From satellite, <laughs> from Sirius. From Sirius Satellite Radio who wanted to talk to Bill and I about because they were talking to Zach Brown fans about what Zach means to you, the music and Bill and I, I don't want to mean like every time we go out, we're ever served, but we had, we, this was a concert people. We had taken a limo. We were, you know, we were having fun. Bill and I started talking and we both thought we were hilarious because we made sense to each other, but we did not make sense to this man at all. And he looks at both of us. We're done. And Bill says, (laughs) where can we hear that on the radio? And the man says, you will never hear that. (laughs) know what the two of you are talking about so he is just so much fun he's such a great friend one, one of the few people in the world that can truly pull off seersucker uh, year long i don't yeah. care if it's winter yeah he could wear seersucker with we're having boots. dinner with uh, bill and his wife this weekend so. yeah so thank you bill for introducing and, and thanks for being a great friend we have a small ask of you three things if uh you are are able and would be so kind to help us out number one hit and uh, hit the subscribe button 
So you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the pod. And number three, show our sponsors some love like dinneraffair.com. And Tracy Cousineau, real estate expert advisors. 1-800-HURT-911. Gallery Furniture in beautiful downtown Gainesville. And Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. This is Cadillac Jack, my second act. And we are part of the App and Podcast Network.